today on a classic compassion radio. As we see this growth, which is so exciting, a formerly unreached people group reach with the gospel. We continue the work there, mm-hmm. you know, to take them up. You know, we see in Iran now reaching one and a half percent, but for them to continue growing to two percent, three percent, they need to be anchored in the Word of God. Yeah. Otherwise, they are susceptible, just like the early church was, to different heretical beliefs, things that they may be picking up or trying to assimilate from their culture or what they're seeing on the satellite dish. And these are some of the threats to those early churches in each of those countries. What does the Kingdom of God and the Great Commission really need in a time of COVID? Well, to put not too subtle a pun on it, the church could really use a shot in the arm right now. Hi, I'm Bram Floria with Compassion Radio, the journal of God's people doing amazing things when they're needed most. It's amazing that any Bible distribution and evangelical outreach is happening at all when church gatherings, public assemblies, even entire countries continue to get shut down to quash the scourge that continues to take so many lives. John Padiati knows it firsthand. As president of Bibles for the World and one of our key ministry partners over the years, he has a front row seat to the amazing work of God when others say it's simply impossible. Today we finish up a conversation we began with key insights into some of the pivotal countries where COVID and the gospel seem to be duking it out. If I was a betting man, I think I know where I'd put my money on this one. Now that's not to say that the challenges aren't real or that the medical crisis is any less of a tragedy. We simply need to remind ourselves of one overarching truth. God himself established his kingdom on the person of Jesus Christ, and even death couldn't stop him. He has no intention of letting his kingdom crumble under the weight of this current crisis. But we need to take seriously our role in the battle. We'll pick it up today with a recap of John's thoughts on how the opportunities in Southeast Asia continue to grow as real hunger for the gospel is being met by some very intrepid evangelists and faithful Bible distributors. They need some time to think it through because this could affect their social status. It could affect their employment. It could affect their entire family relationships, their village, their town, different things like that. There is just so much impact that making a decision to follow Christ can bring on somebody. And so we want to provide God's word to those people either as they enter the festival or as they leave. And so we've been given this opportunity with quite a number of different evangelists who are working all over the world We'll be working with Andrew Palau, the son of Luis Palau, in Malawi. Right now is scheduled for end of September that he'll be taking his team in there. And, of course, we know our dear brother Luis passed away, promoted the glory just uh, hardly a month, month and a half ago. But uh, his son Andrew continues with tremendous fervor reaching out through crusades around the world. And so we've been blessed to come alongside him for the last seven, eight years now and providing God's Word at those festivals. In light of the threats, medically speaking, if they have to shift to something else, what do they do? Well, one of the things, actually, it's interesting you ask, Bram, is that we are exploring following up with the evangelism process with an electronic, continuous scripture distribution, Hmm. basically with software, with an app that they'll be able to download onto their phones, and that we will be able to continue to send them scripture, make scripture and other resources available to them through this app, and it's something that we've been working on here through COVID, 
and hoping actually that we can do kind of a beta test at the Malawi festival at the end of September. Amen. And through that, we'll be able to track and they'll be able to note that they made a decision to follow Christ through that app. Then we can look at trying to get them connected to the local church or to other resources that we can make available to them through the app. And so it'll be a way for us to continue the process of early discipleship and get them connected to the body of Christ, which is the eventual goal. We know that we can't start churches and, you know, continue the work ongoing uh, in so many countries as God has blessed us to be able to work in, but we want to connect them with other strong evangelical churches in these different countries and in their hometowns, essentially. I remember when I sat down probably 10 years ago with a young man who had big dreams for bringing the gospel to Malawi. His name was James Nyando, and he was the son of one of the big tribal leaders of the country. He had a passion for it. He had come to study in the States, and he was looking around for partners, people that would believe in him. And so few of the American churches at the time saw any future for Malawi and didn't give him any resources. So when he went back to Africa, he went on to South Africa to study law and, and politics and was getting prepared to get serious about transforming his country's culture and the situation of graft and tribal enmities that were still persisted in the country. He wanted to see it come to a new light, and he knew that the gospel was a way to that. So he was ready and poised to take on the national problems and was in the middle of a political campaign to do that very thing. And then got lung cancer and died young. In 2015, he was gone. Mm. But I remember sitting there years before that thinking, this young guy has got it. And you look at that and you say, he's kind of like the rich young ruler who said yes, because he had every opportunity to just take power, but he didn't want power. He wanted Jesus. When I heard the news that he'd gotten sick and left behind a young family, I wept for him because he was a friend. But he was also somebody I thought in the second breath, what a waste. He was so ready to do so much good. But then I had to remind myself, there is no seed that God plants that's not going to bring forth fruit when he's ready. No. And it seems to me, I've been hearing a lot about Malawi suddenly being open and hungry for the gospel and throwing the doors wide open. So I got to wonder about the connection between the life of that young man, James, and what happened and is happening now in that country. Yes, it's, it is amazing. We were there with Andrew. He did a, a festival in the capital, the political capital of Lilongwe in mm -hmm. 2016, provided scriptures there, just saw incredible hunger for the gospel, for God's word, and they did as well. And so they're now planning this year to do the city of Blantyre, which is the economic capital mm -hmm. of that country. And so that's where we're planning to go in and come alongside them and provide scripture at that festival. Well, I'd encourage our listeners to be praying some cover on that campaign, because if God was that serious about putting it in the heart of people across a generation, and even people who can't see the finish line for that event happen, like James Neondo, mm. he's still after those people, and he's got a reason to go there and say, this is my time for Malawi. So we need to be praying for that particular East African country. Yes, that's so true. And they're so strategically located, yeah. and just knowing that from there, God's work can go out to neighboring countries countries that have had even uh, stronger moves of the Islamic forces right. pushing down on them, but it can go out from Malawi and, to, and touch the rest of Africa. Amen. Well, what else you got for me? I would, every time I come sit down at the table with you, we could look at the list and say, okay, there's 110 countries here to pick from. Start somewhere. And every time we end up coming down to like three or four saying, we just got to talk about this. We don't have enough time to go through the entire survey. But what else, what else is moving your heart, John? 
Well, I know that from long back for Compassion Radio Network and for Norm, you know, Southeast Asia was always a place that uh, really moved him, that Mm -hmm. just broke his heart, you know, all through those days, you know, even going back 40, 50 years. And so, you know, we've been doing some work in Cambodia. We were there with another evangelist in late 2019. His name was Franklin Graham. Mm -hmm. A name people might know. Yeah. And we had a wonderful time providing God's word to everyone who attended his his festival there in uh, Phnom Penh, in the capital. And so we've been asked to come back in uh, kind of the second city of Cambodia. Another of our partners is planning festival. And I've got to say planning because mm-hmm. these days, you know, it's it, things get moved. He was to be there last year, but we pushed it into uh, 2021 here. So again, we're gearing back up to go in with him to Cambodia, to the area of Batambang in Mm -hmm. the uh, northwest part of that country. Also, what God has developed for us, I mean, he just keeps bringing opportunities, is some doors just cracking open in next door in the country of Vietnam. Mm. Interestingly, because of some of the history there, you know, the French occupation in that country, there has been a Roman Catholic population as well as an evangelical population in that country that's been slowly, steadily growing, I don't know, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, they're there. And they've been allowed by the government to have kind of their one holiday, their one festival a year is a Christmas festival mm-hmm. that the government kind of allows them, okay, that's your holiday, and we'll let you do things on that day. And so the church there, the Christians, the believers there have been holding Christmas festivals And so we actually had come alongside some of those, though we couldn't travel there last year from a distance, provided scriptures for those events in a couple of small towns in Vietnam last year. And got some amazing reports back of people coming to know the Lord, people coming forward. Of course, they're using that Christmas festival as an opportunity to share God's word, share the message of uh, salvation through Jesus Christ, and people coming forward and accepting that free gift right there at Christmas time. And so we're looking at going back in there in December for some of these Christmas festivals and just coming alongside Vietnamese Christians as they do this work there. We'll see whether some of these American guests will be able to uh, travel in there and share the gospel at these Christmas festivals, whether they do or not. We know that we're going to be in there supporting the work of the Holy Spirit, the work of these faithful Vietnamese Christians in there, and uh, just trying to equip them to reach out with the message of Jesus Christ. The country of Vietnam, as far as I can tell, seems to be quite a bit different in their contemporary history than Cambodia or Laos or Myanmar because they had such a strong command and control mechanism built because of the war against the Americans. And so the hill tribes are always considered to be kind of a niggling annoyance for the other countries, because they didn't come down to the hills very much, and you could kind of snipe at them and keep them up there. They wouldn't be a problem. And that's where the gospel took root, because people that you know had the Bible were willing to go to those ends of the earth, and the gospel was actually getting planted in those hill tribes. But in Vietnam... The backbone of the communist regime was tied in with those hill tribes of Vietnam. So they knew those people, and they were not shy about slamming down a rigid cap on any religious activity across their country. At the same time, they're following the path of China, it seems, in opening up to the West, getting the Western dollars in, opening up the coast for cultural tourism and 